If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? As always, it is Dale Lippin in here with none other. I mean, I've already I've, I've said it for years on end now. Whenever he wants a seat, it's his. And sure enough, he said, I want the seat. So here he is. Uh, performance of the night winner, UFC 277, none other than Mr. Drew Dober. Drew, how are you, buddy? Fantastic. Even better now that I get to hang out with you guys. I love it, man. I, I love it. Thank you, as always, for coming on. Um, I was having a conversation with a guy. Um, I actually posted his graphic of you uh, that he did after your fight, a guy by the name of Dave Fretz, who does a lot of graphic and visual arts work with fighters. Uh, I posted a picture of that on Instagram. Um, I was talking to Dave, and and him and I were just sort of reveling. You coming on our show post-fight, and so so quickly post-fight, is probably one of, and he, and he would agree, probably one of the most, I would say like intimate all access things that somebody kind of does because this is like normally most fighters like recoup time, but just to peel back the curtain real quick, cause it means a lot to me Sunday morning. I woke up to a message from you on Instagram saying, are we still on for Tuesday? Which, you know, I felt like a high school, a girl in high school, man. I was like, man, I can't believe he was thinking of me, bro. So I appreciate this big time. Well, you know, it's my attempt at like milking the opportunity to be in front of fans, you know, like friends and fans. So, yeah, yeah, Sunday morning, I was like up at seven in the morning, icing all my wounds, thinking to myself, like, how can I be in front of people again? And uh, yeah, so, man, I love this every second of it. I I can appreciate that. So obviously we're going to talk about the fight, but let's let's sort of uh, for those that haven't been, you know, on the train for one of these post fight sit downs where you and I kind of talk about it. Uh, let's so camp. We knew was going good uh, camp. You were feeling on point and then fight weeks going on. What is it like? First of all, what's it like in Dallas? I've been to Dallas. It's not my favorite city, but it's a good city. Um, what was it like fight week fans, all that kind of stuff. Walk me through your week. How was it? Dude, we're back to uh, the the original. We're back to the same old, same old. Like COVID don't exist anymore, right? Like, <laughs> man, I, I I got abrupted like with with guys with posters and cards like at the hotel, um, and we were like in the mix of like people that were had nothing to do with the UFC. Like they were doing a Mary Kay convention, mm-hmm. and it was just like we're like we're back to it again. Like being surrounded by the people and the fans, and uh, man, like fight week was fun uh you know it's leading up to the fight it's it's always such a pleasure when you get to just perform in front of all the people that you've been waiting to see the the journalists the fans the friends the and then come fight day oh goosebumps yeah so did you do like did you do the thing where you sit down and everybody signs the poster were were you were you part of that for this for this pay-per-view oh yeah yep do they sign all the posters um they give you like a handful of them um, I'll be honest, I don't do anything with the posters that I get. So I usually just hand them off to my coaches and then they, like they see fit. Um, maybe one day I'll, I'll, I'll want some posters, but as of now, I just kind of like give them away. Well, I, I think, I mean, if you're going to give them away, gosh, I mean, I don't know if you see this, I got tons of room behind me here, you know, but I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, um, 
So one of the things that I did, I did notice, and we talked about it on, you know, sort of when we were leading into this, you saved the night for a lot of people. A lot of people got beat up, uh, not only in the, in the cage, but outside of it betting wise, we had a ton of people riding on you and you cash slips all over the place. So, uh, let's talk about your fight with old Rafael Alves prior to the fight. Did you guys run into each other anywhere? Like outside of like, you know, the weigh-ins and the ceremonial face-off? Did you guys like cross paths in the hallway or anything like that? I mean, our engagement started uh, even before fight week. Uh, he, like we were sending messages to each other, just kind of like oh, expressing really? our, our, our ex- excitement and gratitude. Uh, just like super eagerness to get in there. And then, uh, yeah, as soon as we ran across each other in the hotel, like it was just, uh, man, it just pure martial arts. Just like... Like we like each other, we respect each other, and we can't wait to beat each other up. Like, mm. and it was, and it was such a beautiful thing. And like, Rafael was such a great competitor. You know, kind of reminded me of a guy of like a Frank Camacho that I fought. Just man, it, it has nothing to do about bad blood. It's about just trading concussions with your friends in front of millions of people. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that Frank Camacho reference. And the um was so all the messages you guys were sharing, they were all good hearted. They were, everything was, was good nature. He wasn't just saying, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to put you to sleep or anything like that. Or I'm going to test the chin. I mean, you probably felt like he was going to put me to sleep, you know? And like, it's just one of those things that like in a positive and friendly manner, you can say like, man, I can't wait to see if I can put you to sleep, you know, like, and, and, and that's what every athlete, every fighter feels like you got to have confidence to step in the octagon. And so of course he's going to have confidence. Of course he thinks he's going to beat me. And I think the same thing, but we don't got to be dicks about it. Right. I agree. I agree. All right. So Austin's, question just popped up there we're going to get to that real quick but let's talk about you go out you do the walkout right you're there we're in dallas crowds there you walk in like you said it's like pre-covid all over again you look across the cage you've got you've got hafael sitting right there you walk out you guys initially start engaging like right off the rip what was the game plan did you like was the game plan a whole fight game plan or were we going to take it round by round how were you approaching this fight once you got in the cage it was the first 10 seconds, really, because the dude was athletic. He knows how to blitz extremely well. If you've seen his past fights, he, he knocks everyone down and then guillotines them. And right. so, like, I know he was – I mean, he threw, like, what, five backflips before we even got into the, the cage, you know? And, like, he, the dude's super athletic. He had really good ability. I mean, he's a, a Muay Thai fighter with a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's dangerous. And, uh, man, he had a plan for me, and I wanted to figure out what that plan was. Okay. So we walk out there. We're starting to see things. He takes you down. You survive the takedown, no problem. Uh, a lot was being said that night about the quickness in which the referees were standing people up, um, and they were there was speculation from the broadcast team that fighters in the back were looking and listening to that. There was one point in time when Rafael had you down, was on top of you, and you were kind of looking over at the ref, like, "You going to stand us up? Or are you going to stand us up? Is that something you were aware of? Like the the the." Um, the tone of the night was around all action. Yeah. I mean, we, we, like we do the fighters meeting in the locker room with the ref and the ref told me like, mm-hmm. Hey, if there's not a lot of action going on, like we will stand you up. And uh, like Raphael had, has a really good guillotine. And so his entire like plan was to try to make me get out of position to grab my neck. And like, I wasn't playing that game. So I'm like, I'm not going to, you know, put my neck out there, you know, just to get a ridiculous stand up. I was like, Hey ref, we're not doing anything. You're going to stand us up. But also a little bit, I was trying to get Raphael a little anxious too. I was like, hey, Rafa, yeah. like, we're, 
uh, Raphael, you're not doing anything. He's going to stand us up. Trying to get him to do something so I can sure. work my own stand-up, which is eventually what we did anyways. Right. All right. So you get up, and then towards the end of the first round, you landed a Superman punch to the body, which I thought was 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 really creative. Um, and then ultimately, and we'll get to round three with the body shot KO. But do you was the was the body something you you guys went in going you know it's there we're going to work on it or was it like a core focus trying to slow this uh, this machine down? Uh, two things. One, he's really hard to hit. Uh, his chin is, anyways. And uh, we knew he was gonna uh, yes. Right, he's very athletic, but it takes takes energy to move that way. So right. we were gonna just very like invest in the invest in the body, invest in the legs, and um, yeah, also in my uh, um, growth from my Brad Riddell fight is mm. not to get so chin focused. Let's let's yeah. expand. Let's be creative. Let's do new things and make adjustments. And so me punching him in the body, or even like touching his leg, you know, I was I was, I was trying that, yeah. to keep myself open. Yeah, I the the leg touch, and then we're also throwing spinny stuff now. So like you go out yep. there, you're throwing sp spinny stuff, and then I was like, what are we throwing spinny stuff? And then the next time, next round, you're touching his leg. I was like, oh my gosh, this dude's feeling himself. Alves is in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and, and that, that, that that's game plan for one. I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. I don't know if you knew. 2004 Nebraska State Games gold medalist. I will so I can, I can throw some spinny stuff. Yeah, uh, I but see. I mean, it was just an improvement of my last loss. Uh, against right. Brad Riddell, I I got tunnel vision, and we talked about that, and uh, we're trying to expand on it. And we, you know, we can say all we want in in the gym, uh, but we got to practice it in the cage too, and that's what we did. Awesome. So round two comes out. We're obviously finding success. We start digging the body, and then we had like the inadvertent eye poke um, kind of thing there. What was you know what was your thought? You know, obviously it wasn't intentional, but we have that break there. Um, how, what's your assessment of how the fight's going up until that point? Are you feeling confident? Do you, you know, are adjustments need to be made? How are you feeling right up until that eye poke? I think it was, uh, things were going the way I, I felt, right? It was uh, very similar to my fight with Alexander Hernandez. It's controlling the octagon. I was putting myself in the best positions. I just had to find, uh, you know, the solution or, or find the end of the fight, you know? And then the eye poke happened. And uh, I knew he was getting his energy, you know, like a Yol, Ro Yol Romero, just like, yeah. oh, he's got 60 seconds to recover. So now he's going to come out banging. And uh, I was ready for it. And uh, he definitely did not disappoint. <laughs> so he comes back off the eye poke. And I think that's one of the, you know, I mean, UFC tweeted it and some other obviously media outlets had it. But it's probably one of the highlights of the night out outside of your finish, that exchange right there where you're both basically just biting down on the mouthpiece, swinging as hard and as fast as you possibly can. I mean, were you just like a willing dance partner there? I mean, what, so measured. And then it was like, hell with it. Well, let's just, let's just start swinging. So what, what, what went into that right there? <laughs> just going back to the old Drew Dubber, just, <laughs> I got, I got a chain in the left hand and I love entertaining. So, right. I mean, I like doing dumb things. I, I, I'm told not to by my coaches, but that was that moment. And uh, my God, did he hit me hard. Oh, man. Like that punch that gave me this black eye came from his back pocket. <laughs> like, oh, my God. But uh, it was impressive. That's what I was going to ask is if you knew, if you remember what punch did that to the eye. I, it looked like maybe there was a jab midway through the second round that kind of, you know, 
I guess maybe that's where I sort of saw, I mean, he landed real flush, almost looked like, like knuckle to the eye, um, you know, sort of landed, but then that left hook, you know, obviously had, had a little something on it as well. Do you, is it a culmination of damage or was there any one particular punch in particular? Was it that left hook? Yeah, it was that one. That That's like, that's when I felt like my actual eye socket starting to swell. Like, you know, you, like you can start feeling it. And I was like, man, I shouldn't have let, I shouldn't have engaged that completely into his games. Um, but like, like we're, we're creating a story. We're entertaining. And uh, I was able to survive the punch. So no regrets. That being said, you got an interesting level of red and purple to it, as opposed to like a black eye is, do we have any sort of, you know, we're obviously bruising, but is there any sort of injury associated with that? Or we just got a nice little shiner that's got a different hue to it. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm built for this. So you go ahead and punch me as hard as you want. All I do is change colors. <laughs> Fair, enough. Fair enough. All right. So we're in between. We're now round two is now ended and we're getting ready for round three. What's Elliot sent to you in the corner? What's the what's the assessment coming out for round three? Uh, he's fading. Yeah, that he, he doesn't he doesn't have a, as much pop that he pretty much blew his wad in the uh, the slipping, jumping and dancing and uh, right. the third round. Right. And then he shot for that takedown. And I kind of I felt desperation. And so, um, yeah, I mean, he's still hard to hit. So I had to, to find that body. But he, he allowed me to touch his body a couple times. Yeah. So then I just put a little stink behind it and luckily got that finish. Yeah, so walk us through that KO. I mean, obviously, or TKO. You so you saw it, you hit him. Did you did you did you know as soon as you landed? I mean, obviously the reaction was pretty quick, but it was it one of those things where like, damn it, I, yeah, there's no way you're walking through that. Or I mean, what was the no? It, was the it happened a lot faster than uh, uh, than I remembered. I remember mm-hmm. I was just throwing a combination, you know, fake fake high, go low, try to get him to drop his hands, and then I was like, oh, he dropped. And like I remember, like like a full thought of like, should I punch him or like the ref is the ref stepping in? Like I'm just gonna give him a little love tap, to make sure the ref is gonna come in, you know. Yeah. But then you watch the film and it's like two seconds, and I was right. like, wow, like yeah, I uh, like like every single knockout, right? The the moment you stop trying for a knockout, you're just gonna be equally as surprised as everyone else. All right. So a little bit emotional after that one. Right. So we were fired up after that, after that one, uh, you're, you're yelling, you're screaming that, you know, a little Tiger Woods fist pump sort of action there. What's, you know, before you take your customary, you know, uh, kneel down position, what was the, what was the celebration there? What were we, you know, I'm, I'm Mr. Drew Dober. Or what, what was the, uh, what was the celebration there? Uh, this is the first time I'm thinking about it. And if I'm going to answer uh, purely, it was the excitement of, like that's who I'm supposed to be. Like that's mm. right. Like when I when I when I after I beat Alexander Hernandez and I got in the rankings, right? Like mm. the fighting became very serious again, you know. Yeah. And I had to perform against Islam, and I had my fight with Brad, and you know. And then like of course we lost the rankings, and I had my fight with Terrence, and it's like, man, like I got I got to go back to what I'm capable of. Got to go back to what. Got to go back to the light in my uh, office right now. No, <laughs> the, go back to what I'm capable of, and sure. uh, so. I know what I'm capable of. I know I'm top five, top contender, world champion material. Now it's just a matter of being able to drive that car the way it's supposed to. And uh, that that excitement was, that's the way it was supposed to be driven. And I, I can appreciate that. And, you know, and I appreciate your, your your candor as far as, 
the the mental space of it goes. I know that's something that you take rather seriously. Um, so now that you've gotten that and, you know, obviously you hear the, the roar of the crowd and then performance of the night afterwards, what's your, I mean, I'm sure your headspace is positive, but what's, what is this moving forward? Like, are we ready to get right back in? Do we want to take time to reflect and renew? What is this, what's next steps look like? Always reflection. You know, if I'm going to write you up the, the blueprint, it's, uh, um, get rid of the swelling, uh, enjoy a, a social life with my with my family and my wife um, because a happy fiber, fighter is a dangerous fighter. Game plan, how to continue, what's working. And then, yeah, and then once we get to the who, when, and where, um, then we game plan that. But it, it's, it's always healing, happiness, and then right back to the next. And the next right. is not going to be the same. The next is just an improvement on the last. Sure. So – you and I have spoken about it and we had some names. Um, I say we, as if I'm there, but you know, you and I had spoken about some names and there were some names being tossed around before the McKinney fight. And before this fight, are any of those names still on the list? Like Bobby green or any, like, are we, we trying to adjust and, and pivot to different targets? No, yeah, no, these, these, uh, these fights and these thoughts and these uh, call outs aren't by accident. Bobby green is also very hard to hit. His mm-hmm. chin and his head movement is real good. So we had to start working the legs and the body. And, uh, yeah, we, we put that on practice. And uh, so Bobby Green is always a fight that I want to engage in. And, uh, man, the Jim Miller fight, like, that will be a lot of fun. Um, this Demir, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, yeah, that, that would be awesome, a really good fight. Um, let's see. Let's see how the rankings shape up. Couple guys up in the wankings are are not fighting as often as they should. Um, if I brought out a list of the lightweights that I want to fight, it hit the floor. Like yeah. any man at one fifty five with two hands and two legs, like let's just go. Yeah. So short list here, I, and I I put it out on Twitter. I'd love to see you and Gregor. I know that's something we hadn't talked about before, but you and Gregor Gillespie sounds like just like his pace versus your chin and relentless like desire to finish fights, I feel like would, would make for exciting fight. Rogan said in the, in the octagon after the fact that you had told him that you're only interested in exciting fights, which is something that we, we know rather well. Um, That being said, I know you had talked about Mark to Casey, but his last two fights have been a little on the non-exciting side. Are we moving his name off of the list? No, no. Um, You know, it's a, I don't turn down fights because they're not exciting. Mm. I just like putting myself in a position of making fights exciting, you know, and, uh, you know, Traeger, like he, he will swing with like, you know, and, and try to bang with me. Right. And so like, I'll make the fight exciting. Um, Gregor Lesby, uh, man, he has the potential of making a fight boring with his wrestling, but oh, you know, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's just one of those things where like, I, yes, I want exciting fights. Um, right. The most exciting fights are in that top five. Then Michael yes. Chandler, Dustin Poirier, Fazeev, mm-hmm. right? So yes. unfortunately, we got to go through some of these wrestlers uh, to get to those fights. And so I'm not turning down any fights, but I will make fights entertaining. I can get on board with this. I can get on board with this. Um, all right. So that being said, um, it's it's been mentioned in the chat here. Um, Patty Pimblett. I know you and I talked about him before and you were talking about his haircut and just you thought it'd be fun to punch him because of the haircut. Uh, obviously he had a great performance, but he's in the wrong direction right now. Right. Or 
is that that will you be willing to go backwards in that sense for that level of exciting fight or do you even view it as backwards? maybe i'm talking out of my neck yeah no it's not back all uh i mean look at his followers look at his fan base look at his hype look at his the the way he sells out that o2 arena in 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 england man like that's not a step backwards and i i'm very very confident in the fact that like i don't care about numbers rankings right because they don't mean anything right i care about names and patty Pimblet is a name right and you can put whatever number in front of his name like like he's the guy so uh i don't think the ufc would let that fight happen uh they're they're not trying to test out his chin that quick um but uh man the dude is dude is talented the the dude's exciting and uh his jujitsu is is very decent and like i knew that before he got signed by the ufc that he has a really good uh uh, submission game so he's dangerous he's exciting that's a fight that like that that would excite me if ufc said hey do you want to do it like you let me know when and where uh but i doubt it I doubt it. Yeah. I, at least not yet. I, I think it's too much too soon. They put him across from you and then something happens. Then that a lot of the steam comes off of that. So yeah. Um, how soon are we talking about getting back in uh, end of the year? Or are we, we looking at beginning part of 2023? Yeah, we're looking at the end of the year. Uh, we're looking at uh, August being my healing and fun month. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get to, to full training in September, giving me the opportunity to possibly fight a November, December fight. Okay. Full disclosure, you versus Jim Miller is like something that nightmares are made out of because like Jim Miller is a person that I bet on every single time. And you are also a person that I bet on every single time. Anybody that listens to our show knows how much I love Jim Miller. I've never spoken to him, but just like respect his body of work for what he's done for the game. As long as I've been watching, you know, MMA, that guy's been a a staple. Um, So you versus Jim would be like watching, you know, I, I don't want to see it. To be honest, I want to see it, but I don't want to see it. You know what I mean? Like sort of like a car crash. I'm interested <laughs> in what would happen, but I really don't want to see that fight. I mean, it's like putting a chip on red and black. You know, it's like, oh, I'm winning yeah. this. So, <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, like that's that's why I want to fight, man. Like, huge respect to the guy. Like, what he has done in the, in the cage is incredible. And uh, man, before he bows out, I would love to get punched by him. Yeah. What, what what he said he wants to go to uh, UFC 300. So I think, I mean, I mean, obviously your roster spot will will be well intact by then. So maybe for UFC 300 we can get Dober versus Miller. I mean that that's really that's really kind of a storyline in all and of itself, man. That'd be fant- like that'd be fantastic. I mean, I definitely know that his name has been in the mix. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't tell you the details of it, but I have agreed to fight him once. And so okay. ever since that, uh, then, yeah, he's always been kind of on my radar and all all with respect. Right. Well, see, I like the I like the fact that his name's been in the mix before. So I like that. Normally, and I'm just going to say this, you're very, you play everything very close to the chest when it comes to fights and announcements and names. And, you know, I, for those of you who don't know, I have, engaged in almost every possible tactic of peer pressure to get a name out of you. And you stay, you stay just tight lipped as ever the whole time, man. It's very frustrating. If I'm being honest. You know, I like the element of surprise, right? I, I can't tell you what I got you for Christmas until it's Christmas. Right. So like, you know, as a friend of mine, man, I got to give these gifts properly. That's that's true. That's true. Well, here's the other thing too, is that, I mean, if you got me what you got me for Christmas last year, I'm very excited to receive it. So it was a great gift last year. Very, very, very pumped. Um, 
So let me let me ask you this. Let me peel back the curtain a little bit. Um, obviously, Team Elevation, you know, we love and adore Team Elevation and what you guys are doing there. Um, friends of the show, you've got Miranda Mavericks now out there training as well. And then who will be on next week, who's fighting on Dana White Contender Series the following week, Haley Cowan's been out. And Haley su- shot us a message and said, hey, I got to meet Dober and that chin is no joke in real per, uh, in real life. So, you know, I just want to want to let you know. I don't know if you guys ever mentioned anything or not, but the, the the punch list family is you're you're all very aware of each other, which is very cool. Oh yeah, now I got to meet her and it was it was fun watching her train and uh man, she's she's very talented and I look forward to her uh, her fight coming up. Yeah. Yeah, looking looking forward to that as well. Okay, so we're going to see you at the end of the year. You're not going to tell us who you're going to fight next. Um, we got performance of the night bonus wrapped up and then realistically, I just kind of want to say congratulations on, 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 a job well done and a great performance and ask you one last time. Um, you know, I know you don't like to predict fights, but we've got, uh, a lightweight title fight and, you know, the top five is shaking out here, uh, rather quickly. Islam, Oliveira, Charlie Olives, who do you have in that fight? How do you think they get it done? You know, I thought very deep about that fight. You know, the unique variables is uh, obviously the submission game of Charles Oliveira and the fact that it's a five-round fight. Uh, something that, like, you don't see much, you know, um, as far as competition against Islam. Now, Charles Oliveira relies on action, risks right. being taken, mistakes mm-hmm. being made. Like, he's getting knocked down or he's knocking him down. Or, like, you know, back and forth, you know? But the thing with Islam Makhachev, not only does he not make mistakes, but he doesn't risk much. He knows exactly mm. how he needs to win every single round, and he's satisfied with doing just that. I, I think Charles is going to have a hard time finding the action, and Islam's just going to basically place the fight. Probably not as easily as he has been, but he's going to be able to put the fight where he wants it, and he can just settle on just winning that five-round fight. And, uh, man, he's technically sound and he's a force to deal with and uh you know i, I have islam as by decision okay i got you i i, I don't disagree with that I, I i think it'd be interesting to see um i think it'd be interesting to see Oliveira go full five rounds to see what he looks like you know when the chips are down if he's got to make some adjustments and actually take some you know some chances of his own um we hadn't talked after the the gaichi Oliveira fight i know you and justin are um you know, in the same gym, a lot of the times, what, what was, I mean, any timeline, I know you don't want to speak for another man, but any timeline on when we can expect to see him. I mean, cause we're talking about this, the top five, top 10 picture, we, we got to see people moving and I know you and him, it, it's never an option. So what does that look like? Well, he's currently, uh, I think he had, uh, no surgery. Oh, that's right. So did. I, yeah. So I think he's just healing up that nose and he can finally breathe again. Um, so I don't think he's even thought about it because man, the lightweight division moves so fluidly, but it's like, man, you take time off to heal up your nose. Like the next guy might be something you've never heard of. You know, it's like, so I don't think Justin Gaethje has thought about it. Um, I think he's really just focused on making sure he's getting that oxygen through his nasal passages. Gotcha. Would you be open to an event coming up that wasn't in front of a crowd? Would you be cool with the apex again? Or do we have to go back in front of a crowd? Um, I don't think the UFC wants me in the apex. 
Yeah, I don't want you in the apex. With, with with a man that's able to absorb and give as much damage as I can, and the willingness to make stuff bloody, like no, no, wait, wait, the opportunity. Put him in front of an audience. Let's let's get this uh, bleed for this guy in that back in there. Yes, absolutely. I, th- I think that's a great thing. Um, any interest? I'll, the last question. Any interest in RDA? Would RDA be a fight you'd be interested in? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I would love that fight. Yeah, no, wholeheartedly, I'd take it today. Uh, okay. Now it's, man, the the distance and the rankings and all that stuff. I don't know if it's an op- option. So, like, I try to call out, like, reasonable thoughts. Because everyone's right. like, oh, who do you want to fight? I'm like, Charles Oliveira. Like, like oh, <laughs> we want, like, a reasonable call out. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You know, but, yeah, RDA, fantastic. I think I think RDA and Dan Hooker are both great options and both like right you're right there. I mean there's no to me and this is just me and I'm obviously obviously not a ranked UFC lightweight but I feel like between 12 and 20 you guys are all circling right around each other. So what is it what does it matter at that point? You know what I mean? So let's RDA RDA's on a on a skid, Dan's obviously on a big skid. Both of them are all action fighters and you know a win on either one's you know side sort of pushes anybody potential 10 so i, I, I mean i, I think that. you just I, I think you just made the matchup just there why not dan hooker fight rda and i can i can catch the winner of it uh, we could do that too yeah we could do that well hooker's calling out somebody he just called out somebody else today. he called out tony ferguson um so hooker's got his eyes set on tony I mean, ferguson for whatever i'm not reason. i'm not i'm not really impressed by that call out i mean yeah. not either but uh it's whatever i think uh there's going to be a lot of the changes to the lightweight division coming up. You know, there's going to be guys leaving, guys retiring. Uh, it's And then we got these new hungry up-and-comers. You know, it's uh, – so, you know, I, I get really excited to fight these new guys, the Terrence McKinney's, yeah. and, you know, like those are the fun fights and those are the stories to be made. And uh, eventually I'll work my way back in the rankings and we'll have a, a top-name fight, maybe a main event sometime. But uh, um. I don't really think too hard of that. I just – I like uh, the the tests and the opportunities. Speaking of the Terrence McKinney thing, and this will be the last thing, seriously. So McKinney runs out, throws that freaking flying knee, and then Alves threw the same damn one, like not like not with the same sort of trajectory on it, but I think it was like the second round. He starts throwing flying knees, and I don't know if you got caught with it or not. It looked like it was pretty pretty dang close. I mean, what what what's going on with the flying knee thing, man? This is this. I mean, I have a very comfortable face. And so people yeah. just want to like start flinging <laughs> limbs at me real quick. Um, and I, I, luckily Raphael is not as uh, lengthy as uh, Terrence McKinney, but no, we definitely like, we learned and we learned and grew from the fight with Terrence and uh, man, we don't come out flat footed anymore. Yeah, f- for sure. So anyway, as always um, 30 minutes, I will let you, I'll let you run uh, again. I say it all the time. I appreciate your time. I appreciate um, you know, our interactions together and the fact that, you know, uh, the time that you give me. Um, so thank you very much for that. Congratulations on Saturday night. And is there anything, you got anything promotional coming up we can point people to? I know you did like the meet and greet after party thing. You got anything else coming up we can kind of point people in the direction of? Not anything like like a solid, you know. I'm always thinking of ways I can be in front of the fans. You know, my right. my objective is do some cross tra- uh, training, go to like cities. I'll let people know where I'm at, and uh, you know, I'm getting an eyeball on uh, this whole Twitch thing, being able to play video games with some with some fans. Um, 
So I finally got myself a gaming computer, got an Alienware. Uh, so oh, I, I'm excited to go on and uh, uh, talk crap with some uh, some fans and some gaming. So um, nothing coming to fruition right now. But uh, if y'all just want to let me know what you guys think uh, at through over yep. at Instagram, like that's the place to get hold of me. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it as always. And as you get stuff, you know, just send it my way and I'll do everything I can to let as many people know about it as humanly possible. And then whenever you do want to hop on the sticks or the console, you just go ahead and let me know. I will gladly uh, put in a little work for you as well. We can, we can talk some, some shit on, uh, in some online lobbies for sure. Um, so no doubt about it. So anyway, Drew, I appreciate you, man. Congratulations on Saturday. Give my best to the wife, the team, everybody, man. I appreciate you tenfold. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you, buddy. Oh man, what are we going to do here? What do we do here in a situation like this? How do you, how do you come back from that? Right? So it's the same thing. Every time Drew comes on, he looks good. He looks fantastic. He has the fight of a freaking night performance of the night. And then here I am um, on my own, just, I'm supposed to somehow play catch up with this. Right? So we had Trey on, uh, there's that. And then we get Dober on and he freaking kills it as always. Um, admittedly, this event this weekend is not something that I'm overly wild about. Um, I'll talk about it a little bit, but I've got, I've definitely got a, uh, I've only got a couple spots here that I really like this week. So this, this episode will be decidedly shorter. Like I had said, at the, the, the precursor, um, this shows are really more about Drew and getting to talk to him and learning, you know, what, what fight week's like and all that kind of stuff more than it is anything else. So I want to talk about the co-main and the main. Um, and then obviously we'll put out, I'll put out plays this weekend. As far as what I'm breaking down tonight, I'm just going to do the co-main and the main. Um, I just really, they're the only spots that I care enough about. They're really the only spots out of the old Jacek, uh, Sam Alvey fight that I, that I feel strongly enough about any one of the fighters to actually really talk like I, I know and not just use cliche breakdowns for each and every single one. So that being said, um, before we do anything, this show and all shows are brought to you by Allegiance Clothing. If you go to allegianceclothing.com and use promo code PUNCH, you can save 15% off site-wide, right? And if you go to Stay Classy Meats and use promo code FISH, you can save 10%. Farm to table, fresh, um, just the best beef, chicken, pork uh, on the planet Earth sent directly to your table. So it, it gets no better than that. Um, anyway, Thanks again to Drew. Let's talk about this. Co-main event of the evening, Vincente Luque is taking on Jeff Neal. Luque's at a minus 170. Jeff Neal's at a plus 150. Over on our rounds, two and a half. Last week, we had talked about Alexander Pantoja and Alex Perez. Uh, we had Eric on from Eric Betts Fight, and we talked about this. And I said that I felt like Pantoja was free money at this spot. Uh, he goes out, weird sloppy exchange to start, and then things very quickly he takes the back and the scramble and chokes out alex perez chokes him out free money i mean just in under 90 seconds we had cashed that slip right um now that being said vincente luque seems like the same spot to me here i don't understand i don't understand I, I, austin i appreciate this right i saw your your bet mma which the the plays are already spoiler alert if you follow us on bet mma.tips uh 50% of the plays for this week are already there because I've, I'm, I'm, I've got some stuff going on this week. So I'm just putting them in before line moves because that Luke line is going to get gassed. So I'm just saying it now I'm on Luke a lot. Um, but 
if I'm looking at him, right, if I'm looking at Vincente Luque, I'm trying to figure out if you're on the Jeff Neal side of this, where where on God's green earth do you think Jeff Neal is going to get this done? Where, where? Where? Where do you think it gets done? Because you watch the Pons and Ebio fight, and I thought he I thought he lost against Pons, and he got the win there. Lost to Neil Magny, lost to Stephen Thompson. In my opinion, Jeff Neal hasn't beaten anybody in three years back when he beat Mike Perry. Hasn't beat anybody. And then you're taking him and putting him against Vincente Luque, who um, I don't know, outside of like wrestling him to death, like Bilal Muhammad, who the hell is beating Vincente Luque? I don't, I don't understand. Where is, where is this going to happen at, right? Wins over Nico Price, Randy Brown, Tyron Woodley, Michael Chiesa, Mike Perry, uh, Barbarena, the, you know, win over Jalen Turner, um, all, all of these things, right? But his losses, his losses in the UFC, Leon Edwards, Stephen Thompson, Bilal Muhammad. Any one of those not beat Jeff Neal and do so handedly? Oh, well, Dale, I'm glad you asked that question. Because, yes, of course they beat Jeff Neal handedly. Well, how can you make such a claim? Well, how about the fact that Stephen Thompson already beat Jeff Neal? So mutual opponent, we're canceling each other out here. So MMA math, be damned. Um, I... I just don't see how you're on Jeff Neal here. Anybody. I don't see how you're on Jeff Neal. He's not going to strike better. He may, you can maybe make an argument that he hits harder. That's the, the argument remains the same. The striking goes to Luke. The jujitsu goes to Luke. The cardio goes to Luke. Everything goes to him. Everything outside of hands of stone or hands of steel, Jeff Neal, there is no, there is no, no recourse for victory here. He's going to have to knock out Vicente Luque, which Godspeed to you with that chin. Godspeed. I, I think Luque's free money here. I could this could 100% bite me in the ass, but I like I think Luque minus 170. You're gonna see him gassed at minus 200 plus because I, I there's no way that's why I had to get it in now. That's why I put it on bet MMA now because I don't ever lock things in early this early, but you got to get lines now because this one's gonna move. He's free money here. He's free money. All right. Main event of the evening, John Mahal Hill taking on Tiago Santos. Um, I've already said it before. I'll say it again. Stop putting Tiago Santos on main events. I, you know, I love Mejeta. I, you know, love the tattoo. Love the love the whole vibe, right? I really do. But John Mahal Hill proved me wrong last time out. Proved me wrong. Um, the Johnny Walker knockout was a meme. I mean, that was just hilarious. It doesn't get funnier than that. Um, and Tiago Santos. As much as I, as much as I love him, he is slow. He is plodding, and while he hits like he's swinging giant hammers, th- th- they just come too fo- too few and far between. He's lost four in a row. Um, you could say here with a with a loss to Hill, um, five in a row. I don't know if they'll ever cut him, but I mean, how you're justifying putting a guy that's lost four in a row as a main event um, again speaks to the shallowness of the light heavyweight division, but also just the fact that they're really just hoping that for some by the grace of the Lord, he can somehow just put it back together one more time. And I just don't think he does it against Jamal Hill. Now I will say this. Um, I don't like how Jamal Hill exits every exchange with his chin held high. I don't like the fact that we haven't really seen him tested. Um, But is it our fault that we haven't really seen him tested? Now, Paul Craig with the arm break and all that stuff. Sure. uh, I guess that counts as the test, but Tiago Santos isn't going to do that to him. He's not going to break. He's not going to, you know, arm bar his arm in half um that's not that's not going to happen they're going to go out there and bang uh, 
I just I see the durability of Santos going down. Uh, both of these guys swing really hard with their chins up. Both of them are not big on tucking the chin down. So, yeah, there's a puncher's chance that Tiago Santos, plus 240, can get it done. But I'm going to ride Hill here at the, at the minus 300 spot um, and just let it go. And just let that just let that go. Um, I just really don't have another, you know, um, I don't see it going any other way, really. I just can't. I, I've tried to play it in my head, and I don't see how this goes any other way than, than Jamal Hill knocking him out. Um, Santos has proven himself to be durable over time, sure. But the, the, the chin is carried too high, an accumulation of damage. I can't pull the trigger on Santos again. I just can't. He's like on my no bet list till I see him win a fight, and maybe he'll prove me wrong. Maybe he will, but um, he's on my no bet list till till I see him win a fight. And conversely, um, Hill has cost me money more times than not. So I'm I'm, I'm going to come over. I'm going to come over. Um, so I'm I'm a convert. Um, okay. There's a ton of women's fights this week. Feel free to play all underdogs. Next Tuesday. Haley's coming on. We have Haley Cowan coming on. We're going to talk about her. We're going to talk with her before she makes her Dana White Contender Series debut. Um, so we'll have her on next week. And then the week after that, I believe we're going to, if we can't make it work, then um, Miranda Maverick's going to come on or she's going to do a Drew thing and come on directly following her fight uh, with Shanna Young. So we'll have her on as well. Um, and then. I'm trying to pull some strings and we'll see if we can't get another interview lined up after that as well. Um, I've got two handicappers that are sharp guys waiting in the wings um, that I've just kind of had to put on ice because we've had, you know, punchless people with fights coming up that we want to have on. So um, there's, there's plenty of people opposite of me to get us through. till probably the better part of maybe close to Halloween. Um, so we've got things in the works. So uh, I appreciate everybody that listened and downloaded last week's episode. Uh, you saw something different last week, right? The video for the podcast, if you're a video person, showed up twice. And the reason why it showed up twice is that I've been making a critical mistake for the better part of two years now, right? So peel back the curtain, let you know how uh, tricky this all is. The, the service that we use called StreamYard um, will automatically upload to YouTube, which is where you're watching me now. And in doing so, the videos that you guys watch after the fact, those are live replays. They are not considered videos as far as YouTube is concerned. So if you want to monetize your channel, you need so many YouTube watch hours. Live stream and live replays do not count towards that. So all these videos with all these thousands of hours of watch time that should have been monetizing the channel, we're not doing so. So um, I had to post it as a standalone video, which I did just to see if the analytics would change. And they did. So um, you will see the live replay video pop up for a while and then it will disappear. And then the uh, actual video will pop up. So if you're a person that usually listens or watches, you know, two or three, not two or three days, but like the next day, we're recording Tuesday night, Wednesday, if this is your jam at work, um, it might not be there. Check it out Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Okay. Um, I'll do what I can there to get it up as fast as I possibly can, but YouTube's got to like vet it and process it and all this crap. There's a whole different thing that I didn't know about that now I do. So 
Appreciate everybody that listened. I wanted to do something that I always intend to do. I always intend to do this. But to let you know um, that I do always intend to do it, it's very hard to remember to do it. Um, so I'm going to do it now because I've got time um, because I think that shit to do because Trey's not here. All right. Top downloads for last month. Um, I'm, I was doing top 10, but I just want to, I'm going to do them all. Okay. So downloads last month. I don't, if you're outside of the top 10, I don't want to not give you credit for listening to the show. So if you listen to the show last time, I'm going to shout you out this time. All right. So here's all our countries. Uh, we had downloads in for the last episode. I appreciate each and every one of you. All right. The United States, Australia, Canada, UK, New Zealand, Germany, Italy, Spain, South Africa, Greece, France, Bosnia, Russia, Netherlands, India, Kenya, Hong Kong, China, Singapore, Belgium, Chile, Nicaragua, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, Sweden, Thailand, the Czech Republic, Norway, the Virgin Islands, Switzerland, Malaysia, and Argentina. If you are in any of those countries and you listen to our show, um, I appreciate you. Thank you. The best way that you can support the show is by at least visiting a show sponsor, letting me know there, or visiting one of the athletes that come on the show. In this instance, Drew Dober, let them know that you listen to us on this. On you listen to him on our show. Any of that stuff helps. Thumbs up, likes, replies, shares, reviews, all that shit. You guys know this. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. All that stuff helps. I appreciate every one of you that tuned in. Thank you so much. I will see everybody on Saturday uh, for UFC Vegas 59. And then next Tuesday with Haley Cowan, bright and early, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on YouTube. So until then, be good to each other, and we'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Thanks.